it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Howdy, howdy, folks. Welcome back to Hoot and a Half. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Matt King, with my co-host here, Mike Sheffer. Hopefully, you guys are having an amazing January. I know we are. Mike, are you having a good one? So far, so good. I'm doing dry January. I don't even know if you noticed, but January 24th. Still going strong, having the alcohol-free beers. Absolutely loving it. You did. I saw you this weekend. You and uh, Adam pulled up with your alcohol-free Heinekens. Yes. And then you had some, I think, Stella as well. I have some alcohol-free Peronis in That's my... what it was, Peronis. I love it. I love it all. And, uh, it, they taste just like Peroni. And do you think the Heinekens taste just like Heinekens? Yes, they do. And it's amazing. I think it like kind of tricks your brain into feeling... Less social anxiety because you have one or two of those, and I'm like, oh no, I have two beers. Like I'm feeling good. I have noticed that too when I drink. That even like when I'm in you know full party mode and you continue to drink, I'm having a beer most of the time just to keep me busy because yes. I feel like I need to. Yes. The best is when I'm at a party and there's a bunch of coolers out, and there's the beer cooler, and then there's a cooler filled with just like Lacroix or Lacroix. <laughs> Sorry, I say Lacroix. I went to high school with a girl whose last name was the same way that Lacroix is spelled, but she would correct everybody that was Lacroix. I call it Lacroix, and then I drink those, and my brain thinks it's beer, and I'm and I'm still riding my buzz yes. of the beers that I just had. Yes, it's it's easier to do when you have these like subtle replacements. So I agree. Do you think you could do a blind tasting? Do you remember like Carly, yes. you, me, Carly, and Aaron? We did like all the types of cokes, Pepsi, Coke, <laughs> Diet Coke. Coke Zero. Yeah. If you did a blind taste of beer, like Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light, no. Heineken, no, those are Stella too similar. Peroni. Those are all. If you gave me like a Blue Moon, an IPA, uh, okay, a Stout, like, and like a oh, so you could say that this is a pale ale, this is a lager, this is a stout, this is a pilsner. Yes, yes, that I think I could do. But all s- of, you think you could tell the difference between a Bud Light and like a Miller Light? Yes. Uh, yes. There's no way, dude. There's yes. no. They literally. Okay. Next episode, folks, we'll make sure that we record <laughs> on a day where drinking is reasonably acceptable, and I think I could get it all. It definitely, when it would come down to the Stella and the Peroni, for sure, because those have like a particular and the Heineken yeah. and the Heineken. Heineken definitely has its own flavor, but I think those light beers, a Bud Light, a Miller Light, a uh, Coors Light, they're all the same. But I couldn't even describe to you. Like the differences in the taste, it's just the taste itself, which is like weird because like if you have like a wine or something, you could be like one is sweeter, one definitely is more tart. Like this I one's red, want, this one's white. I would just say it just has a particular taste. Like I think Bud Light is a little bit more like maltier than the other ones. Coors okay. Light almost tastes like nothing, and Miller Light I don't think is as carbonated as the other two. That is hyper specific. I appreciate the knowledge Stella there. You may be a beer sommelier. Peroni is just like Stella, but I think Peroni has a little bit more punch. You are a man of your Stella. word, Matt King. Hey, thank you, Mike. Can thank I tell you, you very why? Much. Why is that? Uh, I, I'm sure there's going to be comments about this already. I shaved and got a haircut 
and you did not notice. I didn't. You literally will never notice because you've just seen every instance of my facial hair, hair combinations. It's and you truly, even trimmed down your beard. I did, yes. Didn't even notice. Yeah, it's funny that you didn't. It's really you. We really have seen each other in so many different phases of life that it's like, oh, that's just Mike. Yeah, because I had been explaining to people that Mike can do whatever he wants with his hair, and <laughs> I wouldn't even notice. If you came in, though, and you were fully, fully shaved... That would be noticeable, yes. I would notice. And I only say it's only you and Toddy... Yes. ...who are the two people in my life who could do whatever with their hair but todd could bleach his hair and i wouldn't even like be like oh you bleached your right, hair because you're so used to it could be bleached could not be it's coachella around the corner yes exactly and i would say also the same thing about scotty sire as well i think he's constantly reinventing himself i was also i had a moment today so as you can see my hair is kind of curling up in the sides you look very much like you could be in a 1970s movie as like as like a guy in a 70s movie Ooh, right now give me like a pipe and a turtleneck <laughs> And I don't think you I'd are, be a Bond villain, but I definitely would be a friend of like Starsky and Hutch. Give him a side profile. Oh, this is my I hate side profiles. <laughs> Do you like your side profile? I don't think anybody does. I think that's why it's oh, kind of. <laughs> one time I went and got like a scan for Invisalign years ago, and they made you do. Yeah, you just don't have a chin at all. <laughs> and they showed me it. I was like, never, <laughs> never, ever do I want to see this angle of me. I've been trying to mew lately, though. Do you know what mewing is? Yeah, the the 151st Pokemon. Oh, Mewtwo. No, Mew. Oh, is... Mew was a Pokemon. Yeah, he was the original. Wait, but Mewtwo was revealed first. Mew evolves into Mewtwo. Yes, but we found out about Mewtwo first, and we didn't realize that he was in evolve. So it was a big deal to find out that Mewtwo had an original Pokemon before. That's right. And he was the one that floated. When Pokemon 2000, the movie, right? Yes, yes. Which was like such a bold title for like the first Pokemon movie. Let's not call it just Pokemon the movie. Let's call it Pokemon 2000, celebrate the new millennium. You and call it Pokemon? Po Pokemon? Yeah. Pokemon. Pokemon. I call it Pokemon. Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. I don't know, man. And I remember at the movie theater, if you went, you would get an ancient Mew Two card. Do you remember that? It was like it yes. was like hieroglyphics. 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 <laughs> Did I say hydro? My badness. One of those days. Your badness? What's going on today? Well, you can't say my bad. The only yeah, you I, can. I feel like I've said this in podcasts many times before. In the movie Freedom Riders with Hillary Swank, she's the English teacher. She comes in, you know, is trying to teach these inner city kids how to pro dance proper grammar in English, and she says, My badness. And the class laughs at her, but that has to be grammatically. Isn't that an SNL from, that's where it came from originally? My Badness? Yeah. No, My Bad. My Bad, I think that was an SNL thing. Oh. Yeah. Just like also the 90s called and they want their whatever back. That was also David Spade, I think, or someone wrote that. Like a lot of these jokes that people say now were from SNL back in the day. Wow. Yeah, My like Bad, I think is. Shakespeare. It just, <laughs> it just caught on. I guess so, Matt. I guess so. And so that's why I always say my. And you badness. were telling me before the pod, you were pretty excited that Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie didn't get nominated for any of the Oscars. <laughs> I had that as actually my top thing on the list. You're pretty stoked about to... that, which I don't know. Honestly, the whole... I'm kidding, folks. I'm kidding. So right now, oh, by the time that you guys are listening to this, it still probably is fresh it's... news in pop culture. Everyone's talking about it. How snubbed people were at the Oscars, uh, specifically Margot Robbie for best director or for best actress and. And Greta Gerwig for um, best wait director uh, yeah best director and yes I guess it is a big upset but like 
I don't know how to put it. I'm not surprised. And you know what? This is just how the Oscars go. The Academy is not people's choice. The issue is that Ryan Gosling got nominated. Why? Did, well, the issue is why did the only male in the female movie, female-centric, female empowerment, anti-patriarchy, whatever you want to call it, the issue people are having is that the man got nominated, and it's like a microcosm of the whole point of the movie, is that no matter what you do, it's still a Ken's world, and the patriarchy is still alive and strong. We're talking about Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig here, though. Margot Robbie <laughs> has been nominated, I'm pretty sure, numerous times for an Oscar. She has. And guys, been. guess what? She is going to win, mark my words, in our lifetime, Margot Robbie will win the award for Best Actress. And you know what? It's not going to be for Barbie. And I'm fine with that. I'd rather see Margot Robbie deliver on a role that is her role. Like... You, I, I just think one could argue that Barbie is her role, though. If the, the, here's the thing: if uh, Ryan Gosling is getting the nomination for the same movie, it's frustrating. And at the same time, though, like Leo DiCaprio, for some reason, won it for The Revenant, which is like fine. Definitely not what he's known he for. He gave in his it best his purple. all, though, in The Revenant. Sure, he, he survived a bear attacking that, him. <laughs> he survived the wilderness of Alaska or wherever it is in Canada, wherever the movie they is set. They filmed it in Burbank. <laughs> <laughs> But he that was his best delivered role. And that's how I also look at the Oscars when it comes down to best actor, best actress. I look for the one who put in the sweat work for the role. And a lot of y'all might be mad at me. Oh, who's the random one that wasn't nominated for best actress at the Golden Globes, but is now nominated for the Oscars? My favorite actress of all time, Annette, Annette Benning. Benning. Y'all. If you have not seen Nyad, it is on Netflix. Her and Jodie Foster, based on a true story about the woman, I don't know her first name, but last name Nyad, I think this was in the 80s or the 70s, she was the first woman to ever swim from Florida to Cuba. Incredible, great film, also to watch with your in-laws, the family. It's very safe, very inspiring. Jodie Foster and her chemistry in this you can tell they're friends in real life. They just clicked record and let these women go at it. She delivers. Wait, wait. Fuck me. Sorry, I just hit stop by accident. Continue. I'm rooting for her to win the Oscar. I'm actually seeing her tonight, too, for the first time in person. Double date with you and her and her (gasps) husband, right? I wish. Warren Beatty? Beatty. Beatty. Is that who she's married to? Yeah, she's married to him. I have the uh, original Bonnie and Clyde with Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway on VHS. Such a good movie. Have you ever seen it? I've seen clips of it, and I think I may have actually full- watched it years ago, but I've kind of I watched it, it for a film out. class in college. It's a really good movie. Um, so, Margot Robbie doesn't deserve the Oscar. You heard it here, folks. Matt it, King. No, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. It's not what I'm saying. I think just relax, guys. It's the Oscars. Yes, it's such a bummer. Greta Gerwig has also won Best Director before. She won it in 2018 for Lady Bird. She won the Oscar for Best Director? Did she not? Look it up. Let's look it up. Right back after a quick word from today's sponsor, Babbel. Do you know one in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list? I did not know that, but that sounds like a lot of people. And hey, if that's you, our listeners, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. 
Okay, so let's fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works. You don't have to pay hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations. Their quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life solutions, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Just so you know a little bit about how we use Babbel, Matt and I went to Italy a couple years ago for a wedding, and Matt was literally our tour guide because he spent a lot of time on Babbel learning how to speak Italian, respond in Italian, get around, so it was really helpful, and uh, this year, I think we're focusing on a couple different languages. But I am gonna think I, I'm gonna start working on Spanish just because I want to be able to really understand what's going on. And uh, in fact, studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others can continue to prove that Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is the equivalent to a full semester at college. That's like. You can do that in like three days, over a weekend. And Babbel has over 10 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. And we have a special for you guys for a limited deal for our listeners right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for you guys, our listeners, at babbel.com slash hoot. Get 55%. That's more than half. 55% off at babbel.com slash hoot. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash hoot. Rules and restrictions may apply. And now, back to the episode. Okay. Uh, I just looked it up. Greta Gerwig has not won the Oscar. She has been nominated in various categories, including Best Director for Lady Bird, Best Original Screenplay for Lady Bird, and Best Adapted Screenplay for Little Women. However, she did not win in these categories. Okay. Well... Then do we keep in me going, she has been nominated, or we keep... No, no, I'll correct you. ChatGPT4, which I just upgraded to today. I got it wrong, folks. I got it wrong. (laughs) I mean, getting nominated is cool, but the Oscars, like, famously kind of have bad takes. Like, they don't always nail it. The remember that movie, The Artist, like the black and white movie that came out that was like it won Best Picture. Nobody fucking talks about that movie. Nobody's seen it. Nobody cares about it. It was like, for the month of the Oscars, people were like, this is the greatest the Oscars, I don't think, are the like definition of what is actually important. Obviously, it means a lot for the actors and the people that want to get more work, and it also kind of is just like a big old uh, what's the, what do you call it? like a promotional thing to just yes. promote. It's for the studios to promote their movies, and you can Academy Award nominee Liam Neeson comes back and take a nine. You know, like did it, you? But did you see Hillary Clinton's post? Which was like a little bit cringe. Matt Grippy is the best internet curator I've ever seen. Every time I, every morning I open his stories and I laugh one hundred percent of the time. It, if you're looking for someone to follow on Instagram, folks, follow our good friend Matt Grippy. He's got a lot of really funny takes. But basically, a Hillary Clinton known what? Uh, no, I, I'm shaking my head because I don't. I understand why if Ryan Gosling wins, he puts out a statement saying, "Oh my gosh, thank you so much." Also, shout out to yeah. Greta and Margot, like. They were very deserving of uh, an award, but it didn't he happen. Can't, he what, can't help it if they didn't get nominated. It's just like, I didn't understand Hillary Clinton coming in, feeling like, and oh, then, I have to say something. Hashtag Hillary Barbie. 
Do you think that was her idea? It's probably not. It's someone young on her team who yes. thought she needed to participate in and the dialogue. And then someone quote tweeted it and like had the picture of her and she was like, I just want you to mar go to the polls. <laughs> like when she did Pokemon go to the polls. Do you remember that? Yes. She's just a cringe lord. And then uh, I texted Grippy also the, the mar go to the polls. And he goes, this Barbie has been to Epstein Island. <laughs> yeah. I, Hillary Clinton is just ultra cringe pretty man. cringe but um if we just want to do a rapid fire on my predictions and who i want to win the oscar i'm not going to cover every single category i'm just going to go down the list and let you know who i'm rooting for and who i think should win best uh starting off with best supporting actor i'm going to go with robert johnny jr and oppenheimer for sure i think that he did an incredible performance and you don't even recognize that it is him in that movie did you like the other guy in the scenes with him uh the young guy who was like his his like underling yes what actor was that alden ehrenreich oh yeah yeah i thought he was unbelievable in that movie he's very good and Uh, aren't you friends with him adam knows him i met him once very briefly but he's like will's friend from growing up but josh peck also have you seen it yet yes i have oh when did you see it i saw it right before the emmys and right after the emmys not emmys golden globes have you seen peaky blinders E, no, I brother, don't. you have to see Peaky Blinders. I know, I do. It's so I do. Good. I know Peaky Blinders is great. I just don't want to escape to the world of like prohibition. It's in not Ireland. the world of prohibition. Am it's... I thinking of Boardwalk Empire then? Yes, oh, you're thinking of Boardwalk bro- Empire, and that's not that great. That was a little boring. Peaky Blinders. It takes place in Birmingham, England. Birmingham, but you have an affiliation with Birmingham, Alabama, right? So, like, you know, there's that, and then. It takes place in, I think, the early 1900s, so pre-prohibition, but it's just fucking awesome. I, I know it is. I know it is. Killian uh, best Murphy. Cost, best costume design is probably going to go to Poor Things. Best makeup and hairstyling. Poor Things, even though I still haven't seen Poor Things. Um, what I'm, about the good categories? Best actor, best actress, best director, best um, film. Also, best live action short film. Our friend Brittany Snow got nominated. Let's hope she wins. Um, best, Brittany Snow got nominated for an Oscar? Uh, for the short film she's in. Red, White, and Blue, I think. How to Win at Spyfall. <laughs> um... Best Supporting Actress, I am either rooting for Jodie Foster or, or Devine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. The Holdovers is my favorite film of the year. It is nominated for Best Picture in my mm. ideal fantasy world. I think The Holdovers should win, though I know it won't. But it might. I feel I like the will. Oscar voting pool is a lot of old white dudes that are just in the industry and that's who votes and i feel like the holdovers kind of targets to that audience a little bit i guess oppenheimer though is such an epic picture that i think will go down more in history than the holdovers but i kind of disagree dude i think i might like the holdovers more than oppenheimer anything's possible i said the exact same thing about parasite oh right like and i need to do this every year i'm usually the most good at guessing which Oscars are the most good. Um, and I usually need to have two ballots because there's ones that I think will win and ones that you want to that win. That I want to win. And I remember Parasite. I didn't have my want to win one and I wanted it to win, but I go, it's not because it's a foreign film. And never before I think had a foreign film won Best Picture. And sure enough, it did. And I got to go to the after party. Oh, yeah. We were at David's house. You were in your tuxedo. Thank you, David Dobrik. That was great. And Best Original Song, definitely going to go to What Was I Made For Dude, from Barbie. sick. Of Is that going to be their first Oscar or they won one for... I think uh, they won one for... Um, James Bond? James Bond. God, I'm that's pretty sure. 
That's so sick. Best original score, definitely Oppenheimer. Ludwig is behind that. You know, I met Ludwig one time. Really? Yeah. Where? At a Ralph Gambino <laughs> concert. I snuck backstage. Well, I didn't snuck backstage. I got, kind of got invited. I used to like hang out with Childish Gambino's road crew. crew okay. Back in the day. Okay. I hung out with them one night in 2010. I hit it off. I got to go on the bus. The whole band loved me. And then they come back the next year and I hang out after the show. Yeah. And the road crew guys are like, uh, you know, wiring up the cords. And one of the guys looks at me and goes, Matt? And they go, holy shit. And they brought out Childish Gambino's like, tour manager at the time. And he goes, Matt, holy shit, dude, we remember you. Comes down, gives me a VIP pass. Wow. I got to meet Ludwig that night. That's kind of sick. Totally just bragging. And if we want to go to best animated feature film, The Boy and the Heron, even though I haven't seen it, though Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is fantastic. God, that movie was amazing. Best actor. Best actor. I want Paul Giamatti. Give me Paul Giamatti every single day. He has yet to win an Oscar, and now is his time. That movie and that role was career-defining for him. He's already had in a string of great films. Big Fat Liar. Sideways. I don't know what Other else he's done. Films he's been, you know his dad was the commissioner of the MLB when he was a kid? He looks like a baseball guy. Yeah, he does have that, like... He could play, like, a baseball umpire or something in a dramatic movie. He needs to play a villain in a James Bond film. And he I could think be he's, like, said that. That's, like, one of his dream roles to do. Okay, so he's your top Even though pick Bradley for... Cooper, I know, is hurting. He wants to win it for so Bern, bad. the Bernstein movie? Yeah, for Maestro. Nah, I don't think it's gonna Even happen. because he spent seven years learning how to conduct an orchestra and really I getting into... I saw a tweet about that, that he... he and the scene is, what, like, two minutes? Mm-hmm. Bro, no one like so. The tweet was like, "You could have faked it, and literally, no one would have known if you were doing it correctly or not." I'm kind of seems not, a little absurd. I'm kind of not a big fan of actors who direct a movie and then they star in it. Even though I know that's like pretty common, like, yeah, like common George Clooney does thing that. To do. There's something about it where I just think you can't like put too many eggs in one basket. Completely like, take a step agree. Back and just focus on a picture. You don't star in it. Win the Oscar for that. Then. Star in a great role and have someone else direct it. Uh, and you win the more. Oscar for that. You couldn't, can't win. When you direct yourself, it's, yeah, that's too much. <laughs> Who are we? Who are we? We're a couple of guys with a podcast. Best actress. I want Annette Benning. I'm going for Emma Stone. I think they both deliver big time. For I Poor think, Things, Emma Stone? Uh, yes. Even okay. though I still haven't seen Poor Things, I know that I know a little bit about the character and what she brings to it. And I feel like only her could like, pull it off. If you've seen poor things and you like it that director i've been a fan of for years his name's yorgos lanthimos he has a movie called the lobster with colin farrell and rachel weiss have you seen it mm-hmm. oh my god it's, it's a weird movie though i know but it's the fact that he's like made that and then he also made killing of a sacred deer with uh that guy from saltburn that everyone likes and colin farrell again i think kate winslet's in that too he's just like just hit after hit and now he's got billboards oscar i just love to see like a director kind of come out of well, he probably doesn't feel like he's coming out of nowhere, but I feel like no one's heard of Yorgos Lanthimos before, and now he's got... He's such a distinct style. It's and so good. It. Yeah. Uh, but also, who got snubbed and has such a distinct style? Wes Anderson. Nothing for Wes Anderson. Not even set design. Not even, at least, screenplay. How intricate was that screenplay? That was pretty nuts. I personally, I feel like I'm kind of over him. I, I wish he would just make a movie that doesn't feel like a Wes Anderson movie. I get that he has a style... To me, it almost feels like once I saw that SNL 
a coterie of midnight intruders like the the yes. alec baldwin like thing <laughs> i feel like i see that now when i watch his movies like i just see the the style oh, god forbid and a, a, a director has a style i and commit to it i it, understand he was just saying it's like vincent van gogh like you know a Vincent Van Gogh painting when you look at a Vincent Van Gogh. Yes, but also, again, to me, I think the style is cool. I just think it's almost become a parody of itself. I'd love to see him go back and do a Rushmore or a Royal Tenenbaum. Yes, something a little bit more human. Yes, yes. It also, it, like, these, this movie feels like it could have been an animated movie. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really connect with it. The script is great. Also a little confusing. Like, at the start, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Because it's... The play within the play within the movie, but it's it is a little deep and it goes over a lot. But of yes, maybe you're, I completely agree. He should be nominated at least for Just screenplay the picture, or something. At least in something, I thought yes. it, it should have been worth. I it. also feel like it's probably super fun to be on that set. Like he's probably having a good time. All the actors I feel like are having fun on that set. And it's a good time. I just uh, I don't know if that's like an Oscar movie, though. But yes, he's I think if he comes back with like if he does like, I don't know a Holocaust movie in in Wes Anderson like style, but like a real movie about real people, I think he has a chance. I I'm something with you. more real. I agree. Bring human. It back. Something human. Uh for international feature film though, I'm going to Whoa. You know who got snubbed for that? Oh, because I think because it's nominated for Best Picture is Anatomy of a Fall. So that kind of changes things for Best International Feature. I think it will be Society of the Snow. That's what I'm rooting for. It's on Netflix. Highly recommend checking it out. I know I've talked about it on Unfiltered. Have you heard about, though, The Zone of Interest? Yes. Do you know what the plot is? Yeah, Brandon Calvillo was telling me about it, uh, that it's like about a couple who lives like next to a concentration camp, and they're just like living their life, but they also just go to work at the concentration camp. That was a bit that Shane Gillis was doing. I saw on a podcast, he was like, do you think, like, how long was Hitler's commute to the the Holocaust? Like, did he take the train? Did he like walk over? Was Was his apartment overlooking, like... I wonder if this bit like inspired the whole movie. It might be the other way around. I'm not a fan of that director, though. He's the same guy who did Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. I haven't seen that. <sighs> I, I Not for you. Not for me, and I even was talking to Brandon Calvillo about that, and he goes, well, if you didn't like Under the Skin, you're probably not going to like Zone of Interest, but I got to watch everything that's nominated. And there was something I saw someone was talking about, a movie that just made them cry. I think Brandon Calvillo told me about that, too. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm. Let me look this up quickly on the IG. He posted something that was like, I literally cried for the last 10 minutes of this movie. And if you don't, I think you might not be a human. The Iron Claw? Maybe. I literally cannot tell you the last time I cried in a movie. I think it was the first movie I ever saw. It was the only time I cried. A lot of people think the Iron Claw was like snub because that's like Zac Efron. It's based on the Von Erich brothers who were these wrestlers. Three, four brothers. There's actually a whole nother brother that did exist in real life, but they decided to merge that two brothers into one because it would have made the movie even more sad um but when i went to go see it i told patricia i was going to see the iron claw and she goes uh no i don't want to go see it i was like all right and then when i'm in the theater watching it she goes wait this is the zach efron movie she goes i thought this was a marvel movie when you said the iron claw yes it's it was the iron claw that's what he's talking about he said i challenge you to genuinely not cry at the final scene like if you don't i'm almost concerned for you i teared up i teared up interesting and it's his face i know there's like been a lot of talk about it he, did he did they put even more makeup on him for the movie to make him look even crazier because he looks insane from the previews well, i've seen he fell and he had broken his jaw and he had jaw surgery and that's what uh he, why he looks the way he looks and but 
Honestly, this was the best role for him to play post-jaw surgery because by the end of the movie, you're so used to kind of how he looks. Even right. though he's not typical handsome yes. Zac Efron. He still like fits the vibe and you get used like to it by the The wrestler end. when Mickey Rourke did the wrestler and he was just like a washed up old action yes. dude and yeah. Even um, though Mickey Rourke, like I think he was already looking pretty Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when are the Oscars? Are the soon? Oscars are in March. March tenth. We're gonna are we going to South by? Yes, we need to talk about that. Okay, we'll um, talk about it after They're in March. I thought they're in February. Yeah, it's like it's March tenth. Oh, that's so long from now. I thought they were like coming up. When are the Oscars? Sorry to listen to me Google this live. March 10th. You're 100% correct. And the Grammys are February 4th. We just had the Golden Globes. God, that would be so sick if Phineas and Billy win another fucking Oscar for best song. I mean, that song was unbelievable. I think they will. I think they will. But no other songs I think people are talking about. I mean, the other Barbie one, I'm just Ken. It's catchy. Sticks him that up. got nominated. I'm just Ken, <laughs> uh, dude. I'm just Ken. Slaps. I I also Ken. feel like I'm just Ken sounds like a Phineas solo song. <laughs> like I when I first heard it, I thought maybe he wrote that too because it sounds kind of like him. But uh, what are the other songs that are nominated? Can you look that up? I'd be curious uh, to know. Yes, let me pull them up right here. Best song. Here we go. The Fire Inside from Flamin' Hot, which was about the Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Be right back after a quick word from today's sponsor, Factor. It's a new year. Hopefully you guys are committing to your resolutions, whether that's you're getting more in shape, you're eating well, you're saving money. But hey, if you haven't gotten it together, that's okay. For me, for instance, I've really been trying to take control of my diet, the food that's coming to my house, and what I'm paying for it. And I have made so much progress and have had so so much fun with Factor Meals. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. Plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. So forget frantic lunch preps and rushed dinners. Factors two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door. Factor now offers loads of snack options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what's on the schedule. And if you need a special occasion meal, Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for a fast, upscale options done easily. And when things get hectic, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule deliveries at any time. So if you sign up for Factor and you're like, I'm going to be out of town next week, you just go on there, say skip this week or resume on a certain date. It makes it so easy. If I'm traveling, I just pause it. And then when I get back, I have my meals ready to go. Literally two minutes in the microwave, and you have an unbelievable meal. I We love Factor. And they taste delicious. I've tried a lot of these ready-to-eat meals, and I've always been a little skeptical. 
Because some of them, the portions aren't right, doesn't taste that good. I was blown away by Factor. I was like, sign me up. I need this every week. It keeps me going. It's the perfect lunch. And I look forward to having one every time. And I love the smoothies oh. that they have. And their little shots that they give you. Oh, it's the best. And also they have those like coffee smoothies too. Yes, yes, oh, yes. I know Patricia and I, we were like fighting over who was going to have which one. And I was like, keep your hands off. Well, Factor smoothies. Factor has everything you need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to the ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juice. Smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep you energized during frantic times. So head over to factormeals.com slash hoot50 and use code hoot50 to get 50% off. That's hoot50 at factormeals.com slash hoot50 to get 50% off. Go try Factor. You will not regret it. And now back to the episode. Movie, there was a whole movie about Cheetos. Yes, directed by Eva Longoria. It's about the flaming hot Cheeto, the start of that. So there was, it's based on a true story. Um, this uh, Hispanic, I think Mexican American uh, factory worker was working at the Cheetos factory, realized, hey, we should make a flaming hot Cheeto. Amp it up. Amp it up because they think uh, some of the workers were playing around with like hot sauce and eating them during lunch. And he yeah. goes, Let's Our just... culture would love this. And he kind of goes up to the top dog saying, hey, this is what we should do. And um, long story short, he makes it a hit. He, and then he moved all the way to the top of Frito-Lay. And wow. was, became head, I think, of cultural marketing. Okay. I think that's the title. But I've also heard controversies about the true story of that and how some people think it's not true. Yeah, He's not well... like a motivational speaker. He goes around and tells a story. It's an okay movie. It could have been a lot better. I felt like it was kind of like a lifetime biopic. Yes. It was kind it of cheaply done. Just had but the feel. I don't um, know about the fire inside. So there's that. I'm just Ken from Barbie. It never went away from American Symphony. I have no clue what movie that is. And the next one is Waza Hazhi from a song uh, for my people from Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm. And then what was I made for from Barbie? Did you see Killers of the Flower Moon? I'm currently watching it right now. It's now on Apple TV for free. Is it? Yes. Okay. And so I watch like 30 minutes a day. Yeah, I feel like I gotta watch that in chunks. It's like, what, three hours and 40 minutes or something? I don't have time. Yeah. If you give it to me in, in 3D, 40X, I probably would. <laughs> Just move me around a bit. Um, oh, man. And did the Mario movie get nominated for not anything? Not the Mario movie. That was the Mario movie, and that was last year. <laughs> did it win anything or get nominated for animation I or anything? I think it... Wait! I feel like that was this year. I don't think it's nominated. That's a kind of a bummer. That was such a fun movie. I saw that one in 4DX. By the end of it, I was kind of sick of it, but it was a cool experience. I feel like it was nominated, though, for the Golden Globes. That's a snub. Um, did you see the BlackBerry movie with the guy from... Yes. Was that good? Yes. No, it's very, very good. Kind of like I the... I think the makeup and the wigs are terrible, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> dude, it's so well-written. It's really fast-paced. It's intense. The guy from It's Always Sunny, yeah. I think, did a Glenn... Glenn Howerton, yeah. He did a great job. But what's weird is now Amazon, I think, they took the movie and they turned it into a three-part series. They did that series. for the BlackBerry movie, too? I think none of people were watching it. Ugh. Well, I also, for all the smack I talked about, the Nike movie, uh, up in the air, air, air Jordan, what was yes, it called? Yes, Air. I liked it a lot. It I, was, mean, I couldn't finish it. it. I mean, it's a little bit like, eh, but I didn't have anything else to do. And I was just like, all right, I get it. 
But it was better than I thought. So that's a big trend right now in movies is that is that we're making these corporate yes, uh, commercials biopics. Basically, we have the WeWork one, we have the Tetris one. There's a pinball one. Yeah. There's the Beanie Baby one. What is one that you would love to see in your own fantasy world? Like the Bionicle movie? Like <laughs> the guys who invented Bionic Bionicle? I'd like to see that. Also, the sidekick story, the T-Mobile sidekick. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> the death of the sidekick. That's the Blackberry movie I wanted to see. I would love to see a Pokemon original movie. Like, about oh. how the guy came up with the original drawings, and they did the playing cards, and they did the games, then they did the TV show. I want to see that whole story and how it unfolded. Because oh. I think it's been around, like, he started, I think, in like the early 90s or maybe in the 80s. Is he still the guy who invented Pokemon, still overlooking I have no the idea. franchise? I know that about Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball was originally a manga series. Yes. And uh, that guy, <laughs> like, a- sold it and made it the TV show, but he doesn't really do anything. And apparently he loves pets. He has, like, so many different types of pets. Interesting. The Dragon Ball guy. This is something I looked up on Wikipedia a long time ago. Um but did you see the killer by yes the new david fincher one with michael fassbender i literally felt like that was a brand deal every i don't know if you noticed but i would say every other scene there was like a clearly displayed can of like something or he would search on bing and like every scene just took me right out of the movie and it really goes to mcdonald's yeah it just felt like there was so much corporate money behind it that i after the Thing, i was like i literally just watched the commercial it felt like one of those movies that like apple tv makes where yes. they get some director to go and direct something and shoot it all on an iphone 15 and yeah then, uh i gave it yeah three and a half stars out of five not not the biggest no fan. I, I wasn't going nuts for that but okay that's kind of our oscar stuff let's move on to other little random things i want to talk about can i give you your gift oh my gosh here can i let's hand it to you acknowledge the the elephant or the present in the room. Yeah, you can give it to me. So basically, I'm gonna it's preface. Heavy. I'm gonna preface this. Okay. Okay. So, um, I ordered this back in December, and then it arrived the day after you left for your Christmas and New Year's trip. So you were gone for like three weeks, and then we filmed our last episode. Excuse me, we filmed our last episode before you left. So this has been sitting in my house. I didn't want to bring it to you on good influences because I wanted to like reveal it on camera. So here's the thing. I think this is something that you're really excited about. It's something you've said that you've wanted for a long time. I think it really is something that fits your personality really well. I think it's something that um, just really is... It's something we've talked about a lot that I think you're going to enjoy. So why don't you go ahead and crack that open? Oh, boy, Mike. You're too... Thank you. Um, also, the sound isn't too bad. No, no, it's the fine. People listening. It, we, uh, we throw a compressor on the audio. Did we ever tell the people what I got you for Hanukkah? Yes, the Kazas. Oh, I was supposed to wear that today. Damn. I knew I forgot something. Well, I didn't want to forget this. This was the most important thing, but why don't you go ahead and open this up? Oh, I'm so excited. Shut up. <laughs> uh, I love that, like, right where I open it up, it says Bespoke Post. Hopefully the fine people at Bespoke Post are. No, they, I, don't, I don't think they've ever reached out. But. Mike and I have always... <laughs> To give you guys context, we've always made jokes about bespoke posts. Or just like the GQ these, guide. These subscription boxes that they target men filled with products that real men need. Yeah, or want. So basically, this is a for the audio listener, it's a box. It says bespoke posts. And what this is is a subscription monthly box that like they advertise on Instagram a lot. There's a couple different brands that do it. And basically, it's like 
if you're a man, you need like the shaving cream or like the axe the or whatever Swiss it Army is. Knife or um, do you need a knife or something to open that up? I think I can do it. <laughs> so I'm curious to see what's in the first box. I didn't get you the full year subscription. I canceled it after the first one, but I'm curious to see how they package it and how this looks. So we're doing quality un- finds for curious minds at Bespoke <laughs> Post. What What did you get, Matt? This is. We have some old-fashioned premium mixer for a cocktail made from pure cane sugar. Classic. Because that's what men we like to do. We, we like, like to, to drink sit cocktails and drink whiskey. <laughs> oh boy, we have. Glacial High Rollers, Big Ball of Ice. These look like things you fill up with water. Oh, And that's it cool. makes ice cubes. Circular ice cube. Uh, in the shape of ice. That's fun. Oh, boy. For when we do cocktail nights with the boys, Whiskey Wednesdays. And what a perfect thing to go with the ice balls. And what else do we have here? <laughs> and to top it off, we have a book. Oh, please tell me. To the Field Guide of Whiskey. Oh, thank God. That is the thing. A field guide. <laughs> This is the one thing I never wanted to own. <laughs> and now... Oh, I'm so happy there's a field guide to something in there. That's always what they're doing, too. A field guide to wilderness. A fi- uh, that's going right on your coffee table. Oh, my gosh. What is that? A field guide to whiskey. A field guide to whiskey. By Hans a- Often... What's his name? Oh, my goodness. This, is, this book is probably entirely written by AI. <laughs> like, no man sat down to write this off. A field guide to whiskey. Well... You're officially a man now, Matt. You own a manly subscription box. You got your whiskey balls. You have a field guide to whiskey. What? This, this is the first line of the book. Whiskey is an alcoholic beverage that most likely originated in Ireland. That's it. That's the first sentence of the whole book. <laughs> Not even, like, certainty. Like, most likely <laughs> originated in Ireland. It's nothing that's like we're embarking on a journey here. It's just this maybe well, I'm sorry to hype you up and then let you down, and it's a little bit of a prank gift, but I hope it I hope Mike, it means something to you. I love it. Because I... it's something you've wanted for a long time, right? So you, fi- <laughs> you finally got it. Well, thank you, man. Uh, yeah, enjoy. Have some great cocktails, and uh, let me know if you want to add a field guide to whiskey to the next book club rotation, and we can all... Have you been reading the book? Yes, I'm halfway through it. Oh, good. Are you enjoying it? I really am. Yeah, I'm a little stressed because of how much time i have left for how quickly we have to read it by but uh, you can do it by friday i mean i'm going to edit this podcast after this tonight and then tomorrow we have brooks event mm-hmm. so i feel like i don't know i'm gonna basically have to finish it tonight i'm so excited for brooks event though yeah that's gonna be really fun. for the people who don't know our lovely friend brooke averick is doing her own podcast called obsessed long time in the making we've teased it and talked about it many times when she's visited on this podcast and she's having like a launch party privately um and we're doing trivia night yeah it's gonna be fun though i'm kind of like oh is it all brook trivia because there's levels of brook trivia that i don't know i don't know much about the court of thorn of roses and i don't know much about jonathan groff though i do love spring awakening um but uh i'm very excited what are we talking oh you i think you'll have time okay like i did it, the, the book is the book we're reading for book club is Giovanni's Room by James Baldwin. This was recommended by Connor Franta in our book club, and it was written in 1950s, around that time. 
Um, it's if you like, call me by your name, and you want to escape to Paris, France, in I believe it's set like in the 30s or 40s. It's yeah, not it's, in the 50s. No, it's a little bit before. Yeah. Um, it's one of the most beautifully written books. Yes, I've ever read. I need to buy a highlighter right now. I'm using like a yellow marker, and it's not doing a great job. But I think every other page, I'm highlighting. Uh, I need to do that. There's one phrase that. Uh, well, sometimes I'm a little queer for girls. I'm like, that's <laughs> so fucking sick. It's appropriate for like the context of the book for yes. sure. Uh, do you know what the word howdy is from? Howdy. Yeah. Why I'm do gonna we say guess howdy? it's how do you do. Right on. Come on. Yeah. How, how do ye or how do you do? People just uh, said it for that. And then I these are all just a bunch of random things that I've seen on TikTok. And I just wanted to share them with you guys. Okay, you know why people it. say what in tarnation? What in tarnation? No, I don't. So that is originally um, a way where people would say what in damnation. But because of like it's, you know. It's cuss word? Yeah. Yes. People would start saying that. Which kind of like echoes now when like you can't say... You have to say someone unalive themselves, or, or well, that I think is because of like the TikTok algorithm is why people started saying it. But now I feel like it's migrated into modern culture. Dialogue. But yeah. it's like we've been doing this kind of stuff, yes, way before. Is this um, the the etymology guy that like made up his own bird language? Have you seen that guy? No. There's some guy on. He's always on my feed now. He's uh, he was the head of the linguistics program or club at Harvard, and he makes he made his own bird language based on like whistling tones and he explains how he actually whistles sentences and how he conjugates verbs to like speak like a bird and then he also talks about different linguistic things like the fact that um language essentially always evolves over time it used to be like you had shell shock and then you had battle fatigue it's a george carlin is a similar thing and now we have post-traumatic stress disorder and like adding more syllables to something lightens the uh, impact of the word. So, like, instead of saying he killed himself, you say he unalived himself. And by extending more syllables, it makes a negative thing feel more palatable. So, like, post-traumatic stress disorder is a little bit easier than shell shock. And the as time goes on, we we take negative words and we make them longer. Whoa! Like it used to be, you know, the R word, but now it's mentally disabled instead of the right. word and it's like you just spread these words out in more or syllables someone's just also autistic or they're on the spectrum right too. on and, the spectrum autis yeah. autistic that's a big one now where yes. it's like well do you even now call someone autistic you just go they're on the spectrum but now well now it's person with autism not autistic person i know i'm telling this is what i this is just how it is language is a very I'm kind of okay with that. i mean it's it just goes by the so fast me i'm like oh yeah, I, I know. It's a little tough. We're making it worse. And then it's like, you think about your grandma. Well, grandma just says crazy things. That's She's from a different time. But like, we're already from a different time. People saying unalive themselves and yeah, all these things. But okay, continue. Uh, there's another one that I wanted to bring up that I found pretty interesting and that I saw. It's about rabbits and carrots. Rabbis? <laughs> rabbits. <laughs> rabbits and carrots. Yeah. So you know how it's always like kind of a universally known thing is when you see a rabbit, usually he's holding a carrot. Well, but a funny. Fun fact, well, a fun fact about rabbits and carrots is that rabbits can't eat really carrots or there's too much sugar in carrots if a, if a rabbit ate so many carrots it could die it's it's a very rare treat for it to have but they're Interesting. not it's like cats and milk 
cats usually shouldn't drink that much milk otherwise it will give them diarrhea it's not good for their digestive system and i don't know what the origin behind that is i just think people back then would just give cats milk because cats like milk but it's not that good for right them. yeah yeah if cats and then that just... was my next question is why do you think that is and that is because of bugs bunny now why was bugs bunny chewing on a carrot saying like what's up doc do you know why he was doing that we'll be right back after a quick word from today's sponsor rocket money one of our favorites guys here's the deal we've been using rocket money we've been premium members for like two years now i actually recently just discovered via rocket money that i was paying for two subscriptions of the same streaming service because i signed up once one way and once another way once online and once in the app and i'm realizing i'm paying for two different subscriptions but i saw on my rocket money it was like huh i didn't realize i was doing that so i just pressed one button and rocket money canceled it for me i cannot thank rocket money same enough. here i was just on it today especially with patricia we're now married we got to combine our finances look at everything from a bird's eye view and you realize oh my gosh both of us have been paying for the same streaming service let's cancel one and keep the other we need to save money we need to save big for our future and rocket money has helped so much with that so what is rocket money rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending and helps lower your bills you can see all of your subscriptions in one place and if you see something that you don't want you can cancel it with a tap you never have to get on the phone with customer service and rocket money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of 720 dollars a year with over 500 million dollars in canceled subscriptions so stop wasting money on things you do not use cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com hoot that's rocketmoney.com hoot rocketmoney.com hoot i don't know what's up doc I know there's something about carrots with like World War II and that they supposedly helped your vision, but I don't know if that was like a false thing to incur. I don't know. You tell me. I know there's something here. So Bugs Bunny, when he's eating that carrot, at the time there was a really popular movie called It Happened One Night with the famous old-timey actor Clark Gable. Yes. And so he's doing an impression of, of Clark, Clark Gable. Gable in that scene uh, when he goes, where he's Man, talking to this girl up, and is like, he's being all cool and just having this uh, carrot. So everyone at that time would instantly know, oh, it's Clark Gable. But huh. as uh, Bugs Bunny's iconic image of himself spread throughout culture and everyone has forgotten about Clark Gable, people yes. associate bunnies with carrots and Bugs Bunny with his carrot. So that's of, just himself. And the carrot was like instead of a cigar, maybe that Clark Gable was like smoking a cigar. Is that why he has the carrot? No, Clark Gable in the movie is actually eating a carrot. Oh, he's eating a carrot in the movie. Yeah, he's talking to this girl. I don't know if he says "What's up, Doc?" in the scene, but he's yeah. just like casually talking to this girl. Hey, and yeah, has a carrot. And there was also a lot of like gender fluid stuff with Bugs Bunny too. That people are just like they're, they're they have such as moral panic now about like cross dressing and trans stuff, but like. It, we've been doing this forever. Like, there's so many Bugs Bunny cartoons where he literally like dresses up as a girl and like kisses Elmer Fudd, and Elmer Fudd falls in love with him when he, yeah, yeah. It's just like this stuff has always been around, and it's just insane. Yeah, it's just wild how like myths and misconceptions can like persist over decades and decades, and that's the if you give a kid uh, a credit and say, "Draw me a bunny," they're gonna yeah, add a Bugs Bunny to it. Yeah, all because of this Clark Gable scene, like. Yeah, that just culture just transmits over time, whether or not you're uh, aware of it or not. I wonder what that is like now, though. There's not. I don't know. That's kind of sick. Yeah. I love those Bugs Bunny cartoons. That's probably my favorite streaming service I pay for is Boomerang. 
it's like all the MGM cartoons, all the Bugs Bunny, Flintstones, Jetsons, uh, all those cartoons. It's like 40 bucks a year. And it's just on my Roku. I just put on anything and I'm like, I just feel like a kid again. It's great how much they like tell a story with no dialogue usually too. That's Tom and Jerry. Oh, Tom and Jerry. That is an unbelievably funny show. The fact that they can get away with like a hundred episodes of just classical music written for the scene and there's literally no dialogue and the amount of comedy that they pack in to a six minute thing is incredible. Tom and Jerry is but then iconic. They made Tom and Jerry the movie, I feel like in the 80s or 90s, and they spoke. Tom and Jerry spoke in the movie. There's a little girl, she goes missing, she's on a milk carton, and they solve it. Ugh, it's just corporate. It didn't work. And there was a new Tom and Jerry movie that came out in like 2021, and in the trailer, uh he Tom does a kickflip on a boosted board, and it was like Boosted board went out of business like a week later. Oh, no, but it was like this big iconic moment for people. A lot of people in New York have boosted boards, the electronic skateboards, um, and they're not a company anymore. But they were huge, and it was like going to be this big moment, and then they went out of business. R.I.P. What else you got for uh, topics, Matthew? Um, there were. Uh, what about you? Do you have anything you want to talk about? I feel like. Um. Well, I was going to go back to my uh, facial hair, haircut, and just different looks. I've been growing the beard that I had for about four months. And so as of, I mean, you can just go watch like the last good influences episode. It's pretty long there. And my hair is pretty long. And I also sometimes wear glasses, but then when I go out, I don't wear glasses. So I, my whole life, I typically have to like reintroduce myself to people because if I get a haircut, take off my glasses, put a hat on shave, people just don't recognize me. When I went to Corny's birthday at Saddle Ranch, uh, Connor Wood, Fibula, like, didn't even recognize me because I didn't have a hat on, didn't have my contacts, and just had this big beard and the cowboy hat. And he lo- and I like went up and I was like, what's up, dude? He's like, hey, wh- holy shit. Wow. Yeah. And I get it because I don't see him that frequently. But And he probably last time he saw me, I looked a little bit more like this. But it's really wild that you just have basically all the variations of me clocked in your head. And so many people just have like one image of me like, oh, Mike's the guy with the beard. He's the guy with the glasses and that's so true now that i'm realizing it there are some people that i know in la who i'm so used to them wearing glasses and when they're not wearing it but i'm so glad that people don't like there are people when they take their glasses off you're like oh geez you look a little weird and there's some people who just have like glasses face yes you don't even know this person and you see them out in public you're like that person wears glasses i know it they're just not wearing them right now but i think for people who do typically wear glasses and then they stop like Ben Khan. He was so concerned that he had a glasses face before he got LASIK and he was like, I just don't know if I'm going to look different and like, I like beat a little eyes and I, I believe that once you stop wearing your glasses, your like face adjusts to become a non-glasses face. And I think Ben's face, like you can watch a podcast of him where he had his glasses on, like when he was wearing them and he would take them off and he like looks a little weird and now you see him no glasses, but he has LASIK and he's had it for like a year. And he just looks so normal. And if you put glasses on now, it'd be like, oh, that's weird. Oh. Like, I think that there's some psychological thing that your face or your perception of people. This is probably all bullshit, but that's my oh, theory. Oh, absolutely. I've been kind of missing glasses, too. I've been wearing, like, my blue light glasses at night. But there was a guy in the gym who had these glasses on. And I was like, those are perfect glasses. <laughs> they look very similar to yours, but they had, like, a little bit of gold on the sides. And they, like, okay. went down. But I was like, I wanted to go up and ask him. And I'm like, I don't wear glasses anymore. So Did you uh, interact with Ron Burgundy at all today? Oh, yeah. I saw Will Ferrell this morning. I'm surprised uh, he goes to a public gym. I'm surprised, too. I think he must really like his trainer. 
Oh, was he with the trainer? The tra- I feel like he has so much money. You could and probably has a dumb gym in his house. But I think he maybe just, he maybe, likes the 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 routine of going out and going to the gym and like being around normal people. And I think comedians specifically, more so than any other like professional people, need to interact with regular people to stay funny. Mm-hmm. Like Jerry Seinfeld still rides a bike around Central Park. He still goes to coffee shops, pizza shops, like. If you get too out of touch with regular day-to-day people, I don't think you can be funny anymore because you're just like living on a different planet. Yeah, because the world like gives you inspiration. So you have to be out like in it for you to yes. comment on it. Yes. Yes. Otherwise, you're... I feel like more serious actors, they're the ones who like go out to like the weird nooks and crannies of the world where you're like, what are they doing there? They're because just... they're there for like character study. Yes. And they're just immersed in their and to get on that wavelength. Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty cool um, seeing him. Um, also, I'd be interested to hear what your take on this. Um, so there was a Rolling Stone article uh, recently that was called The Internet is About to Get Weird Again. So basically, they've been noticing that there's a huge shift in online platforms. And because we're not really going to more obscure websites and right, discovery pages we're on instagram and instagram's given us what they want to show us we get on tiktok they give us away. same thing with youtube we as like users have like lost our truly finding our own niche interest and discovering what we want to discover and they've been seeing all these like pop-up new internet cultures and sites like they give an example how there's one called like utune which is a site that gives random music videos with like little to no videos for you to like see and decide interesting people have been like popping up you um doing that but i i think though that this is like kind of sheds a more like positive light on um where the internet is going these days because i think some people think it's like the end of the world but like i think it's I, about to get even weirder and better and like more decentralized yeah i think sense. it's always cycles the the thing that i think we're missing is just human curated things and i think that's starting to happen right like we used to be you would go on a blog and then the blog would like assemble uh i don't know different anime photos and you'd be like oh i love anime i like the way this guy finds anime things and he's collecting a bunch of anime theories and videos and photos and fan art and fan fiction and like the curation right now we just sort of outsource it to the algorithm and it's you what you like and don't like and then the algorithm tries to serve you stuff but there's like a blog that i follow i think i've sent it to you a few times that blog kotke k-o-t-t-k-e like that guy he's been doing blogging for like 15 20 years you go to his website and there's always something interesting there he just finds like different whether it's an article or an art piece or just like a concept and the idea of a human curating something, I think people really want. And that's why you people are starting to follow, like, and people on TikTok are blowing up for saying, here's like the five best albums that came out this last month. And they'll play you a little snippet. And it's one guy's taste, and he'll show you, here's what I liked. Or someone, you know, Cinema Joe talking about movies. Here's some movies that you may have missed in December of 2023. And people want to have a human connection. And the whole unlimited feed algorithm thing kind of removes that so i think yes people will start to find newer pockets hopefully also outside of the platforms i wish tiktok would add like a feature similar to spotify when you're like listening to an artist and you're like i'm digging this go to artist radio and yes. now you get a bunch of things similar to that tiktok it's just such a mishmash of i'm watching somebody get swept away by a tsunami yep. and then the next one i'm watching like a silly person doing brad pitt impressions but that's also what keeps you on the platform is the huge spikes and uncertainty of what you're going to see next and the emotional 
ups and downs that you're getting, that's what keeps people just mindlessly scrolling for hours and hours and hours. Have you heard about this also like concern? I don't know how to describe it as a concern, but people feel like this Gen Z generation is lacking a third place. Do you know what a I've third, seen the place, third place, place is? Thing. We have work and we have our home and then we have a third place. For a lot of past generations, it would be the mall. Or the church. Or the church. Or a community of some sort. Your YMCA. Just a place to go. I think the other big thing was a place where you don't have to spend money. That's it. And right now, all of our quote-unquote third places is like you have to have a transaction. You have to go to a Starbucks and spend money. You have to go to a mall and buy something. You have to go to a bar and drink something. And this idea of just like sitting around for hours without needing to buy something doesn't really exist like where can you go and hang out with people you don't need to spend money now this is my next question for you do you think you spend you spent more money in a day in new york city or in la great Even question I feel like la's or new york would be filled with tons of third places where you really could go hang mm. out watch the public go by but i feel like also that's that city is like always like going Buy this, buy this, buy this. Well, due to inflation, where everything literally costs twice as much now, I definitely spend more money in 2024 than I did in like 2018. I think that's because of inflation. I think if I think about like my day-to-day spending, yeah, you leave New York and you basically, I, I don't know, I would disagree. I think the third places in New York are basically all bars. Like that's the only thing there is, is bars and restaurants. Maybe there's some museums, but like, and like pop-ups, like stores. But people aren't really hanging out outside, first of all, because it's freezing cold most of the year. If you do hang out outside, there's like three months out of the year where you can just sit outside. And that's fine. You go to a restaurant, you go to a bar, you get some seating outside. You can sit there for a few hours and hang out. Maybe you can go to a park. But otherwise, you basically have to like be an alcoholic to live in New York City because anything anyone does, you have a work event, you have a happy hour, you have a launch or something. It's just let's pump you full of alcohol. And that's going to be your night. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> well, my, and my only thing that I envy about New York is that there's so many different places to go. Like the the bar choices at night are there's endless yes. places you can go. It's LA, that, it's like, well, we only have like three or four places we can rely on and everywhere else. I, I kind of disagree with you. Yes, I agree that New York has an unlimited amount of places. So does LA. I think our little friend group, though, is super specific. And we just have like five places that we think are cool or worth going to. But there's so many bars in L.A., dude. Like in Silver Lake alone, there's so many places. The West Side is a full like universe of places to go. And yes, there's the main three, four. But there's also smaller places that are maybe not as like you're not going to run into John Hamm at you know the place. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's the same thing could be said about New York. When I was living in New York, it also felt like uh, there's like the same five places that we always go. And like, if this place is packed, we'll go here. And I think it's more of your idea of what your friend group and like what your cohort of people is going to. But there's so many places, dude. I just want places to be open till 4 a.m. That's, yeah, that's not going to happen. I would love for that to happen. A vote almost happened. On but it. I think it's also to protect the workers because the workers that are employed there don't want to be getting home at. 5 6 a.m. from their shift and then but they're it's, it's a late shift Those people I know. work late hours I, I understand new york has its, uh, i just don't like when the bar closes at 2 a.m and suddenly everyone wants to have an after party and then you get there but nobody bought any alcohol uh before no one knew the after party was gonna happen so it's a lack of planning that's the issue it's a lack of planning truly um i think we can wrap it up man i think that oh, was good no i've enjoyed this so much i really have <laughs> well we can do it again we'll be back <laughs> 
Guests, guests, I want to ask the audience about guests. Who do you want to see? Who have we also had in the past that you would like us to bring back? Um, or anybody you think I, we would vibe with? Uh, would love to hear that. Um, what else? Also, Groundhog Day is coming up. Hopefully all of you guys have really great plans for Groundhog Day. It is on a Friday this year, even though the Groundhog will be revealed at 4.30 in the morning LA time. I kind of want to have a party. But do you think the, the the way for the party should be is that n nobody knows how to dress until the day of? Is the idea to have the party last until 4.30 in the morning so we stay up and watch it? No, cause, because that would be the Thursday night before. So, it's a pregame on Groundhog Day. By the Friday time people are on that day, people will then get a text saying whether they should dress oh, like it's an spring? early spring or a late winter. Is that a silly idea? I think that's pretty funny. Let me uh, put see. that in your calendar. Well, I want to see what, if we can track the weather. I think it might be a little far out, but it's not about the weather. It's about Phil and what <laughs> he decides. It, there, it, science has nothing to do with it, and actually, Phil has been wrong. I think fifty percent of the time, if you look at the facts. But this isn't about the facts here, folks. This is about the spirit and the tradition of the groundhog and the fine people in Punxsutawney in the inner circle. <laughs> and with that we'll see you next week everybody all right Goodbye. thank you and uh yeah big kisses we love you